0: Chapter 45. This chapter is about Kaka Sahib's doubt and Anantrav's vision, wooden plank, Baba's bedstead, and not Bhagat's. Preliminary. We have described in the last three chapters Baba's passing away. His physical or finite form has no doubt disappeared from our view, but the infinite or spiritual form ever lives. The Leela's which occurred during his lifetime have been dwelt upon at great length up till now. Ever since his passing away, more leelas have taken place and are even now happening. This clearly shows that Baba is ever living and helping his devotees as before. The people who got the contact of Baba when he was living were indeed very fortunate. But if any of them did not get a dispassion for the things and enjoyments of the world, And had not their minds turned to the Lord, it was their sheer ill-luck. What was then desired and is still desired is the wholehearted devotion to Baba. All our senses, organs and mind should cooperate in worshipping and serving Baba. It is no use in engaging some organs in the worship and deflecting others. If a thing like worship or meditation is to be done, It ought to be done with all our mind and soul. The love that a chaste woman bears to her husband is sometimes compared to that which a disciple bears to his master. Yet the former falls far short of the latter, which is incomparable. No one, whether he be father, mother, brother or any other relation, comes to our aid in attaining the goal of life. We have to chalk out and traverse the path of self-realization ourselves. We have to discriminate between the unreal and the real, renounce the things and enjoyments of this world and the next and control our senses and mind and aspire for liberation only. Instead of depending upon others, we should have full faith in ourselves. When we begin to practice discrimination, we come to know that the world is transient and unreal and our passion for worldly things becomes less and ultimately we get dispassion or non-attachment for them. When we know that Brahma, which is no other than our Guru, is the sole reality and as it transcends and besets the seeming universe, we begin to worship it in all creatures. This is the unitive bhajan of worship. When we thus worship Brahma or Guru wholeheartedly, we become one with him and attain self-realization. In short, always chanting the name of the Guru and meditating on him enables us to see him in all beings and confers eternal bliss on us. The following story will illustrate this. Kaka Sahib's doubt and Anantrao's vision. It is well known that Shri Baba has enjoined Kaka Sahib Dikshit to read daily two works of Shri Ekanath, one Bhagavat, two Bhavata Ramayana. Kaka Sahib read these daily while Baba was living and he followed the practice even after Baba's passing away. Once in Kaka Mahajani's house in Shopati Mumbai. Kaka Sahib was reading Eknati Bhagwat in the morning. Madhavrav Deshpande alias Shama and Kaka Mahajani were then present and listened attentively to the portion read which is the second chapter, 11th skanda of the book. Therein, the nine Nadas or Siddhas of the Rishaba family who were Kavi, Hari, Antariksha, Prabhuta, Pipalayan, Avirhotra, Drumil, Chamas and Karabajin expounded the principles of the Bhagavad Dharma to King Janak. The latter asked all the nine Nadas' most important questions and each of them answered them satisfactorily. The first, that is Kavi explained, what is Bhagavad Dharma? Hari, the characteristics of a Bhakta. Antariksha, what is Maya? Prabhuda, how to cross Maya. Pipalyan, what is Parabrahma. Avirhotra, what is Karma. Drumil, the incarnations of God and their deeds. Chamas, how a non-devotee fares after death. Karabajan, the different modes of worship of God in different ages. The substance of all the exposition was that, in this Kali age, the only means of liberation was the remembrance of Hari's or Guru's feet. After the reading was over, Kaka Sahib Dikshid said in a despondent tone to Madhav Rao and others, How wonderful is the discourse of the nine Nadas on Bhakti or devotion. But at the same time, how difficult it is to put it into practice. The Nadas were perfect. but..." Is it possible for fools like us to attain devotion as delineated by them? We won't get it, even after several births. Then how are we to get salvation? It seems that there is no hope for us. Madhav Rao did not like this pessimistic attitude of Kaka Saheb. He said, it is a pity that one who by his good luck got such a jewel as Baba should cry out so despairingly. If he has unwavering faith in Baba, why should he feel restless? The Bhakti of the Nadas may be strong and powerful, but is not ours loving and affectionate? And has not Baba told us authoritatively that remembering and chanting Hari's and Guru's name confers salvation? Then where is the cause for fear and anxiety? Kaka Sahib was not satisfied with Madhavra's explanation. He continued to be anxious and restless the whole day, thinking and brooding over how to get the powerful bhakti of the Nadas. Next morning, the following miracle took place. One gentleman named Anandrao Pakadi came there in search of Madhavrao. The reading of the Bhagavat was then going on. Mr. Pakadi sat near Madhavrao and was whispering something to him. He was mentioning in low tone his dream vision. As there was some interruption in the reading by this whispering, Kaka Sahib stopped the reading and asked Madhavra what the matter was. The latter said, Yesterday you expressed your doubt. Now here is the explanation of it. Here Mr. Pakadei's vision explaining the characteristics of devotion and showing that the devotion in the form of bowing down or worshipping Guru's feet is sufficient. All were anxious to hear the vision, especially Kaka Sahib. At their suggestion, Mr. Pakri began to relate the vision as follows. I was standing in deep sea, in waste deep water. There I saw Sai Baba all of a sudden. He was sitting on a beautiful throne, studded with diamonds, with his feet submerged in water. I was most pleased and satisfied with the form of Baba. The vision was so realistic that I never thought that it was a dream. Curiously enough, Madhavra was also standing there. He said to me feelingly, Anantra, fall at Baba's feet. I rejoined, I also wish to do so, but his feet are in water. How can I place my head on them? I am helpless. Hearing this, he said to Baba, O Deva, take your feet, which are under water. Then Baba immediately took out his feet. I caught them without delay and bowed down to them. On seeing this, Baba blessed me, saying, Go now, you will attain your welfare. There is no cause for fear and anxiety. He also added, Give a silk-bordered dotar to my Shama. You will benefit thereby. In compliance with Baba's order, Mr. Pakade had brought the dotar and requested Kaka Saheb to hand it over to Madhavrav, but the latter refused to accept it, saying that unless Baba gave a hint or suggestion for acceptance, he would not accept it. Then after some time, Kaka Sahib decided to cast lots. It was the practice of Kaka Sahib to cast lots in all significant matters and to abide by the decision as given in the picked-up chit. In this particular case, two chits, one of which was written to accept and on other, to reject, were placed at the feet of Baba and a child was asked to pick one of them. The accept chit was picked up and the dota was accepted by Madhav Rao. In this way, both Anand Rao and Madhav Rao were satisfied and Kaka Sahib's difficulty was solved. This story exhorts us to give respect to the words of other saints. But at the same time, asks us to have full faith in our mother, that is, the Guru, and abide by his instructions, for he knows our welfare better than any other person. Carve out on your heart the following words of Baba. There are innumerable saints in this world, but our father or Guru is the real father. Others might say many good things, but we should never forget our Guru's words. In short, love your Guru wholeheartedly, surrender to him completely and prostrate yourself before him reverentially and then you will see that there is no sea of mundane existence before you to cross as there is no darkness for the sun. Wooden plank, Baba's bedstead and not bhagats. In his earlier days, Baba slept on a wooden plank, four arms in length and only a span in breadth with earthen lamps burning at its four corners. Later on, he broke the plank into pieces and threw it away, refer chapter 10. Once Baba was describing the greatness and importance of this plank to Kaka Sahib. On hearing this, the latter said to Baba, if you still love the wooden plank, I will again suspend or hang up one in the masjid for you to sleep at ease. Baba replied, I won't like to sleep up, leaving Malsapati down on the ground. Then Kaka Sahib said, I will provide another plank for malsapati too. Baba said, How can he sleep on the plank? It is not easy to sleep on the plank. He who has many good qualities in him only can do so. He who can sleep with his eyes wide open can effect that. When I go to sleep, I often ask Mal Sapati to sit by my side, place his hand on my heart and watch the chanting of the Lord's name there. And if he finds me sleepy, wake me up. He can't do even this. He himself gets drowsy and begins to nod his head. When I feel his hand heavy as a stone on my heart and cry out, O Bhagat, he moves and opens his eyes. How can he, who can't sit and sleep well on the ground and whose asana is not steady and who is slave to sleep, can sleep high up on a plank? On many other occasions, Baba said, out of love for his devotees, What is ours, whether good or bad, is with us. And what is others, is with them. Bow to Shri Sai. Peace be to all.